Welcome to Surviving the News, your sometimes occasionally nightly podcast in which I have opinions and I tell you them. I am your host, Phil Elmore. Surviving the News is a production of philelmore.com. I still have a cold, so forgive me if I don't sound my usual self. There may be some coughing and wheezing involved. I can't do anything about that. I mean, I can. I could just not do a show. My assumption is that you would prefer that we have a show with the coughing and wheezing as opposed to not. I mean, except for the people who hate me, and if you hate me, you're probably not watching anyway. At least I would hope not. Why would you inflict me on you? Why would I do that to you? I wouldn't. Why would you do that to you? <laughs> okay. Uh, tonight, we're going to talk about the fact that 2023 was a very much not good, horrible, very bad year for Stuttering John. But it wasn't until I went back and looked at everything that happened in 2023 that I realized that my conception of the timeline has become distorted. John only just came back from his eight-month hiatus, I believe, this year. DabbleCon was this year, believe it or not, um, it, unless I'm conflating that with something else. Uh, so John going away again and taking his imitation Jamaican vacation and then going away again and coming back immediately because he was traveling for Christmas. That's all this same year. You know, the the showdowns with Shuli going on the replayables, all of that, just this year, just 2023. A lot about the pace and the tenor and the character of the Dabbleverse actually changed this year. The, the internet is in some ways like the fairy realm because time moves faster there. If you've ever played any kind of a multiplayer online game, you've probably experienced something along those lines. Any game that involves time spent in-world, you know, the, and you, you judge it by how much of my life was I able to hive off and spend inside the virtual world, and you're, like, hanging out in there just to do it. What you find is that when you go away from that world for a while and then you come back, Things have moved quickly. A lot has changed. The Dabbleverse is like that, very much so. And so the pace of things has changed. And people forget that, I mean, this whole thing is about five years old. You know, starting with the WATP coverage from 2018, I realized that Revenge of the Sis found John's podcast before that. But really, it doesn't... Like, they were the early explorers, and then Carl is the person who essentially helped put John on the map for most of us. He's the way I found the Devilverse. Um, and and Shuli's the other entry point, but I found him through Carl. So just, there's a lot of different roads, but they all lead to the same place. And that's all just five years old, give or take. 2023 was a big deal. It was a big year in terms of defining John's losses and defining what makes him 
a content generator for this universe. Where do we go in 2024? Hard to say. A lot of people predicting that the Dabbleverse must end, that it, you know, people are getting tired of it. People love to proclaim that something other people are into, that that's ending. I don't know. I find myself experiencing a kind of John fatigue myself. Uh, the, the seed was planted in my mind when he said something a couple of shows back about, oh, fat fuck Phil, didn't he, didn't he leave the Dabbleverse? I'm like, I didn't, but now I kind of wonder if I should. So who knows? Who knows what 2024 will bring? What I do know is that 2023, looking back, was not a good year for John. So we're going to get into that. Let me, uh, let me do some business real quick. Uh, I will read your super chats. I cannot keep track of the regular chat during the show, and I've given up on trying. If you would, if you chose to support the show, your support would be greatly appreciated. Um, let's see. Uh, you can buy a membership, or you can turn on accept gifted memberships. There are links to do both of that, both of those, both of these, in the description on YouTube where you're seeing this video. Unless you're looking at this on Twitter, and why would you do that? Watching videos on Twitter sucks. The interface is terrible. There doesn't seem to be any way to control it. So don't do that to yourself. If you're going to watch it, watch it here. You can, however, watch this podcast in audio form. Uh, every night when I do the live broadcast, I wait for it to download after I'm done, and then I upload that audio to the podcast host for Surviving the News. That host distributes it, distributes it everywhere that podcasts can be had. iTunes, Spotify, Amazon Music, lots of other little apps and platforms. So you can listen to these, uh, and the only thing you'll never hear would be the member-exclusive content. That's only here on YouTube. Um, and I encourage you to buy a membership and get access to the member-exclusive content. I feel like we're overdue for a bourbon hour. I feel like that's coming. So, And I, I don't know, maybe it's something about as the year draws to a close and my index of Fs to give starts to drop precipitously. Uh Let's see. Let me just check that. And uh, we've done the business. So let me get over to where I keep the banners. Let's get into Around the Dabbleverse, which in this case is going to be pretty much just uh, just John. I There was something I wanted to comment on uh, yesterday, and it was Tukey's appearance on Point Dabble Point today reminded me of it. Did you know that there are... Muppeteers who are deeply, deeply offended that some of you riffraff are meddling in the field of Muppet puppeteering. I I don't know anything about a, a puppet of the nature that Tukey is. My guess would be that that thing's expensive. It's not just something cheap that you throw together or that you sew yourself. You know, the, the story is that Jim Henson made Kermit with some uh, ping pong balls for the eyes and some green, you know, like material taken from an old coat. But the fact is, uh, Tukey is not an inexpensive appliance, if we can call it that. So B. Dabbler put a lot of time and effort into creating Tukey. And apparently there's people in the Muppet universe who resent people treading in their territory because some guy some well it could have been a girl i don't know the nature of this person but somebody on twitter gave b dabbler a bunch of crap and then blocked him and said something like you wouldn't make it in a muppet audition the something about the the puppeteering is struggling and it's like 
not only is that my new favorite ironic insult, you wouldn't make it in a Muppet audition, but get over yourself. The Muppets don't hold the market on puppets. You've never seen an adult or I, I gather the fact that Tukey is a little, a little blue in his comedy was part of this person's objection. But for one thing, if your kid is just wandering the internet and stopping at any Muppet that it sees, your kid's in great danger. You should be doing a little more supervision. You know, the same is true of any animated uh, cartoon or anything. I have two words for you, Watership Down. When I was a child, I watched Watership Down. It's a cartoon. It's a cartoon about bunnies. It's, oh my God, the horror. So, or uh, a Galaxy Express 999. Oh, look, horrors beyond mortal ken. So, just because something is animated and traditionally a field that is given to consumption by minors doesn't mean that anything that is animated should just be examined uncritically by your children. Maybe supervise them a little bit. Um, so, I was just kind of taken aback by the fact that not only are there Muppeteers out there upset that ordinary mere mortals are meddling in puppeteering, but that they have such strong opinions that they'll trash talk and then block you. And I have to say, Tukey B. Dabbler, El Horrible, one of the most beloved characters in the Dabbleverse, uh, did great on on uh, Point Dabble Point today. Point Dabble Point was Carl Shuley, Casey Armstrong, and Tukey today. Uh, and before they went on, John was live. <clears throat> John's appearance was not really any different than it, it ever is. I find myself just going, go home. Leave your mother's house. Leave that poor woman in peace. Go home. But he's still there and uh, he's still complaining about the same things he always complains about. He spent quite a bit of time trying to refute the notion that he is homophobic. Uh, obviously, being accused of, of being homophobic is problematic for John because, you know, having a, a trans child and a gay child, obviously, it looks bad for him if you can also accuse him of being homophobic. But the, the fact is that anyone who grew up in the Stern era, the classic Stern era as part of the show, was soaked in a, a just a baseline homophobic environment, which is why to this day, John believes calling someone effeminate or calling them gay or misgendering them or calling them a woman's name when they're a man, he believes that's the worst insult you can level at a human being. This whole thing where he's like, I, I don't believe Carl's ever had sex. That too is John engaged in that 13-year-old deeply homophobic attitude where impugning someone's manhood from every angle is the worst thing you can possibly do to them. Because John is deeply, deeply insecure. The thing you have to remember is that when John insults you, he is insulting you with tactics that would bother him if they were done to him. So if he's impugning your manhood, it's because he's deeply insecure about his own masculinity, and he probably should be. You know, he's a relatively small guy. He's not in great shape. He's in terrible health. Uh, you know, he's he's got a, a permanent a few permanent problems now at this point, like, well, problems that are not going to go away before he's shuffled off this mortal coil at the end of a long life. But, uh, you know, I, I think it's understandable that he would be insecure about a few of those things and use them as weapons. But then he will deny up and down that what he's doing is homophobia because obviously that would make him look bad. And we're not buying it. Nobody's buying it. He's not fooling anyone. 
but he continues to insult the intelligence of everyone watching by insisting on the same tired old stories. I call Carl from WATP Lady K uh, or Carla because he came into my chat room as Carla. No, no, he didn't. It never happened. Well, he made fun of my kids. No, he made a joke knowing it would wind you up. It never actually happened the way you think it did. Well, he posted my audiobook. No, he didn't. You don't have any proof of that. You insist that you do. It never happened. I cannot stress enough that it never happened. To the point that, uh, let's see, do I have that here? Yes. Never happened. Never happened. So, as close as I get to having a soundboard. So that was his appearance today, but it was notably marked with him threatening Casey Armstrong, basically trying to extort Casey Armstrong by saying that Casey had better not say anything about John that John considers a lie, because then John will come after him. Uh, and I think the implication was not that he would sue him, but that he would reveal uh, private messages from a former business partner of KC that KC wouldn't want out there or something. You know, just garden variety extortion. Don't talk about me or I'll harm your reputation. We call that extortion. It's actually a crime. Uh, I think in most cases, in most interpretations. Uh, KC seemed unmoved by this threat and more power to him. He's He seems like such a nice guy. Uh, and uh, he was good on on Point Devil Point today. It's It's always fun to get insight from someone who was who interacted with John in person. Uh, so that made Point Devil Point that much more interesting today. And of course, Carl and Shuley are old hands at the at the Analyzing John game. So it was a great appearance. I encourage you to go over there and watch it if you haven't yet. Um, okay, 2023 for John was marked with very much not good things for him. Uh, and it's almost impossible, like a lot of research would have to go into running them down in chronological order. So I'm going to run them down in uh, just no particular order, but things that jumped out at me because they seemed pre pretty significant. The big one, of course, is John supposedly getting fired from substitute teaching. It annoys me that this mug has a handle on only one side because I think the other side is much cooler for the camera. It's the Hellfire Club. If you're listening to this, I'm showing my mug to the camera. You don't care. It's not important. That's a visual thing. So, as I've said before, I remember distinctly John talking about taking some test that would have enabled him to continue substitute teaching. Then there was no more mention of that test. I don't know if he took that test and failed it or something else happened and they told him not to return. When he first started substitute teaching, he was basically a body in a chair. It was COVID. He had an emergency authorization. They let him sit there and babysit the kids because they needed somebody, anybody to fill that slot. There is a picture floating around that I assume a student took of a very bored looking John Melendez staring at his phone while in his mode as substitute teacher. It pretty much sums up everything you would think that looked like. Uh, at various times, John has blamed specific individuals for getting him fired without any proof whatsoever. The fact of the matter is, if he was fired, and if he was fired because someone from the internet notified the school of something, it wasn't that person that got John fired. If I still had a job that you could call, and you called them, and you said, Bill Elmore's on the internet, you should fire him. 
they're not going to fire me for that. They might fire me if I had something on the internet they didn't like, but that would be me getting me fired, not the person from the internet. And likewise, if someone calls the school and says, John Melendez did this thing, you should fire him. And they look and he did indeed do that thing. And it's a firing offense. It's not the messenger that got him fired. John has never grasped that. And he always blames all of you for getting me fired from substitute teaching, which was supposedly this passion of his life. And he, he changed so many children's lives for the better. There was that that one show he did where he told an elaborate made-up story about how he was supposedly calling all these kids when they got A's and he was writing his own tests and he was, you know, it was it was that that movie with I don't know, generic white girl actress, uh Hillary Swank, maybe, or maybe Michelle Pfeiffer. Who's who's the one that goes into the inner city school and fixes them all with the passion of her teaching? I forget. I feel like that's been several actresses. So that's the story he told, and it was not believable in any way. It was the kind of fantasy that John loves to spin when he's telling you about the fantasy version of his life. It reminds me of, honestly, it's The West Wing. If you've ever seen The West Wing, The West Wing is a television show about the White House. But specifically, it's a fantasy written by Democrat screenwriters, because Hollywood is predominantly left, not right. It depicts the White House and the president as they would want to see them as they would really enjoy them to be if they could. And in that setting, the president and his staff, they are laudable people. Uh, and it is a fantasy in that regard because politicians are all scum. No one should ever be a fan of a politician. They're going to break your heart. They're bad people. By definition, if they want to be in charge, they shouldn't be. So... The West Wing was a fantasy. And whenever John gives you these fantasies, it's the same type of thing. It's John screenwriting the play that is the life he wishes he was living. And to the extent that he can make you believe that, then he will do so. So uh, getting fired was, was a big touchstone. He went from that low to the high of getting $3,000 from Kevin Brennan for his, re his triumphant return to the internet. Uh, and then he watched as $3,000 became $500, became just money for beer, became, I don't want to have you on my show. And that happened quickly. Over the course of a week, the fee that John was demanding for his presence plummeted precipitously. So, uh, you know, by the end, he was just trying to beg Opie for beer money to come on. Um, Somewhere in there, he had a showdown with Shuli on Chad Zumach's channel, which in John's memory, he has recast as Shuli being on his channel, which is not what happened. He shouted and chanted and screamed, and I think Shuli's volume was turned down a little bit, and basically uh, he decided that that was a win for him. Then, eventually, he accepted $500 to appear on Replayables, and as soon as Shuli showed up, John ran. But that was, in his mind, it has been revised to be uh, another time that Shuli was on his show and then he wasn't funny, so he threw him off or something. So there's some conflation going on. I may be forgetting an interstitial appearance there somewhere. It doesn't matter. But the tone was set for what would become the rest of John's year, which was screaming about Carl and Shuli, and every once in a while making time for a lesser channel, such as my own, 
I remember the first time he actually started screaming about me. Well, not screaming about me. His first words about me were along the lines of who, which I don't blame him. Um, it was the muttering J account that brought me to his attention. Uh, and now he'll bring me up as sort of a, uh, an asterisk at the end of a sentence, like kind of something to add on, like, you know, all these people I hate. Oh, and that guy fell. That's not what he calls me, but I don't want to keep swearing. So, uh, it's interesting to be included as something of an afterthought, which given the relatively small size of this channel and my relatively low reach that I guess makes sense. Um, if you had told me, I've said this before, if you had told me 30 years ago, one day stuttering John Melendez from the Howard Stern show will not like you personally, you, yes, you, I would have thought you were insane. And then I would have probably decided that whoever has time traveled back to tell me this means me no good, kind of like a looper scenario, and then it would get ugly. Uh, let's see. The, Chad Zumach, of course, was instrumental in one of the greatest pranks ever perpetrated on John, and that happened this year. That was the great fake Venmo appearance in which uh, I think when when John came back, his channel had been demonetized because he hadn't put out any content and he'd taken a bunch of content down. So while he was hoping for Venmos, the guys at uh, uh, Uncle Rico were sending Chad fake Venmos so he could show them to John and make John seethingly jealous. It was one of the greatest pranks that's ever been pulled on John because it showed him for who he is. It allowed John to give you the full John experience just by being fed a prompt. You know, nobody did anything more than say, this guy made some money, which he didn't really, but it doesn't matter. This guy made a lot of money and we got to watch John freak out because John always has his hands in everybody's pockets. He feels entitled to everyone else's income. And when he feels that he should be getting something, but you got it instead. He's not afraid to say so. Um, then, of course, this past year was also the great Rochester disaster in which uh, Cardiff Electric and Vinnie Paulino tried to help John. If you watch uh, past appearances with uh, Vinnie Paulino and Carl together, anytime the topic of John shows up, you can actually see Vinnie start to develop some sympathy for John. In, in early episodes, he was pretty cutting in his, his uh, commentary on John. And then he started actually, to, you know, once he got to know John and they started interacting, uh, because there was that period of time when Carl and John were interacting and they did a couple shows together, uh, Vinny started to feel some human compassion for John, as anybody would. Vinny's a decent guy. You know, he's fundamentally a decent guy. Something I didn't realize because, you know, I came in kind of hot and gave him a bunch of grief and he was very angry. And I took that as, ha ha, I'm getting to him. What I didn't know was, no, that wasn't it at all. John was haranguing him behind the scenes and he wasn't able to mention it. So when we found that out after the fact, I had a lot more respect for Vinny and I felt pretty bad for how I treated the guy. And John managed to burn these bridges too with Cardiff and Vinny. And you need to understand that's significant because Vinny has mounted the most full-throated defense of John that I think I've ever seen anyone give. Now, it was in my direction, which is why I noticed it. But Vinny stood up for John in a way that almost no one ever has, except for maybe uh, Richard Ojeda. And, and that usually involves threatening to murder people in the chat, so it doesn't count, probably. But, but he still managed to mistreat this guy to the point where he finally drove him away. And he finally drove Cardiff away. And then, of course, he had to cancel the Rochester show because once it was all on him, there was no way he was going to pull that off. 
Now, I also am sympathetic to the fact that he probably felt like he'd be walking into hostile territory with an audience full of critics. And yeah, probably. So it probably wouldn't have been that originally. But after everything went bad, yeah, it probably would have. And I don't blame him for being afraid. I mean, being afraid of things is kind of what John does. So, you know, it's understandable. But uh, yeah, the great the great disaster that was the March 10th show in Rochester getting canceled. Ironic that, especially since for a lot of you, me complaining to them about that show was your first introduction to me. Uh, ironically, that complaint went straight to Vinny because I didn't realize he worked for the club. So we all learned a valuable lesson that day, or at least I did. Uh, let's see. Um, talked about that. All right, uh, we'll continue that in a bit. Let me uh, do. Let me take a break from around the Dabbleverse for a second, so that we can talk about uh, what's coming up. Uh, there will, of course, be no show, no evening show tomorrow. I haven't decided if I'll be doing uh, an evening show on New Year's Day. I guess that'll depend on how my New Year's goes. Uh, there will be a morning show on New Year's Day. Um, and that will be 2023 in review, the dumpster fire that was last year. We'll talk about that during the 8 a.m. Eastern morning broadcast. So I hope you'll tune in for that. Those are pre-recorded, so there's no need to catch them live, but they're set up as video premieres, so you could catch them live and chat with people while you're watching if you wish. My goal was to give people something in the morning that they could listen to that would get them up to speed. Um, it's kind of a throwback to what I was doing when I started this channel before I fell into the Dabbleverse. So hopefully you will enjoy that. Uh, let's see. Talked about uh, took care of that. All right. Let's, um, for headlines, I have something a little special for you. Uh, and that is... I wanted to talk about Gallup's year in review, which, trust me, is not as, it's it's really more interesting than they make it sound, which is why I thought it was worth talking about. Um, let me go to headlines. And then let me go over here to the link that I have. Paste that in over here. This is uh, 2023's most notable findings by asking people questions. They're, uh, they're actually kind of interesting. Uh, Russia's perception of power on the world stage has fallen. That's obvious because of the Ukraine war that will never end. Um, China has become the single greatest enemy of the United States in people's perception. That is accurate. Uh, management is continuing to get squeezed. You may have noticed that thanks to the proliferation of anti-management videos on social media like TikTok, where people complain about all the stuff that every job has always done and we always were annoyed by it, but now people are noticing and complaining about it and sometimes saying, yeah, I'm not doing that. Uh, that happened to me. I had a job and uh, during COVID it was remote. And then after that, they said, okay, come back in. And I said, no. People, more and more people are doing that. Uh, trust in media has fallen like crazy. That's not a surprise. Nobody trusts. I mean, the few people left who trusted the media, they don't anymore. 
uh, public confidence in the Supreme Court has been kind of all over the map. And that comes down to whether or not your side has more judges and the other side is talking about packing the court. Um, if you are concerned about the safety of your money, you probably should be because our money is what's called a fiat currency. It's imaginary. Um, it always has been, as far as you know, for the time you've been alive. Um, young adults are drinking less and having less sex because apparently they're not as cool as we were. Also, those things can kill you. So uh, more and more people living with tainted drinking water here in the United States, which is a weird thing that Gallup brought to our uh, attention. Uh, bad grades are getting more so. More and more people are getting bad grades in high school. Uh, party IDs are fluctuating. And that seems to be the upshot is the world is horrible. It's all clown world and everything is bad. I'm, uh, I'm thinking of doing... This is not really a headline anymore. Let's let's close that out. Uh, where did it go? And that was your headlines. I'm thinking of doing uh, a little something next week about the the Steel Toe Hot Tub Show. I know you're like Steel Toe. What? Uh, Aaron and April Imholt were apparently paid by David Chandler, who spent the Christmas season, giving a lot of money to a lot of people. Uh, David Chandler's doing God's work, you might say. And uh, he he paid them to do a hot tub stream. And it was pretty much what you'd expect. It was an extremely attractive April Imholt in, in a cowboy hat, which I found strangely compelling, uh, and, and uh, not much else. And then also Aaron, who was regrettably also there. So I thought... I. I've been thinking about doing something about it, but I'm not sure what, because other than showing you a few screen captures of the hot tub stream, not sure what analysis to conduct. So I'm going to think about that for a while, but maybe we'll come up with an excuse to do the steel tail hot tub show uh, next week with the new year, because I just found it noteworthy. I mean, steel toe has been kind of, we've mentioned them on and off. Uh, and I know that their sort of visibility has, has fallen a bit. Uh, especially since they don't really do Dabbleverse stuff anymore. I know there was a time when Aaron was on WATP, I think it was. Um, but still, I I saw, it's like a 12-minute stream. It's on their YouTube. You can go watch it. Uh, I saw it, and not going to lie, I watched it for science. So maybe we'll do something with that. Let me head back over to the chat. Oh my goodness, there's a bunch of super chats. Let me go into, uh, let's see, click here. Go into Terminator Vision. I know Sheena always enjoys Terminator Vision. So I can make sure that the avatars are free of uh, inappropriateness. Uh, let's see here. Uh, that's okay. That's okay. No problem there. That's okay. Uh, that's Bob Levy, but that's not Bob Levy's account. That's kind of funny. Um, let me just check this. I uh, We caught one the other day, and I went to go remove that account, and the moderators had already done it. So the team is on the case. All right, let me, everything looks all right. Let me go into the Super Chats and read them. Sheena says, 
Phil, I want to wish you and everyone here a happy new year. May 2024 bring us all more laughter and happiness. Well, thank you very much, Sheena. My friend, the Looney Tunes critic is here uh, speaking as a guy who uses custom puppets in his channel video and who volunteers here at the Center for Puppetry Arts. Trust me, most puppeteers and even those Muppet people are beyond perverted. It's good to know. That's a thing I did not know. Thank you, Looney Tunes critic. Uh, Nimrob says, having had a custom puppet made mostly to entertain Wendy on her show, I can tell you all that they are not cheap. His name is Tukey. <laughs> awesome. Kenneth Pogue gifted a surviving the news membership. Thank you very much, Ken. Robin Callie says, happy holidays, Phil. I continue to enjoy your daily dose of help to survive the news. Thank you very much. Now that seems a little bit inappropriate. So I think we'll uh, take that down. Robin Callie gifted a surviving the news membership. Thank you very much. And we'll get rid of that. Anytime I can spare someone watching this show when they don't enjoy it, I'm happy to help. And Uncle Jack is here. Hello, Uncle Jack. I couldn't make it to the Steel Toe Hot Tub show like April. I couldn't come. Touche, Uncle Jack. Touche. I I feel so bad for uh for for Aaron. That that was so unpleasant. Uh Just get rid of that. Okay. Um, let's see. Did we catch everything? Are we caught up? Yes, we are. Okay. Uh, continuing around the Dabbleverse, I think. Let me just uh, turn off the Terminator mode. Uh, let's see. Uh, sorry, a little bit distracted there because my internet looks like it's having trouble. No, we're still here, I think. We had such a good run when it came to the internet, too. Uh, all right, let's not forget also that this year uh, saw Steel Toes regrettable. This I did not have this planned. I had it written down in my notes for stuff to cover. This was the year that, that Aaron became synonymous with the guy who can't please his wife through what I think was a perfectly innocent misunderstanding on Steel Toe's show. Um, there was also sort of adjacent to Steel Toe, there was Chad Zumach, uh, who spent a lot of time getting drunk on camera, which got pretty funny for a while there. Um, and was it, was this year the Kumia's country thing too? where Chad claimed to have been beaten by a couple of people sent by Kumia and then recanted that and told a different story and then recanted that and told a different story. I believe it was. Kenneth Pogue says, thank you. Or uh, Uncle Jack says, thank you, Kenneth Pogue. Uh, good looking out. Um, so, all right. Just get rid of this.
me just check this. All right. Okay, sorry for the dead air. I was trying to get caught up on my notes there. Um, somewhere in all that, uh, I came on the scene and started annoying John. So that was also 2023. I'm not arrogant enough to think that I was a significant cause of him not having a good 2023, but I probably didn't help. And then, of course, 2023 was also the fake Dabblestorian incident in which uh, poor John brought someone on that he thought was Dabblestorian and who sounded nothing like Dabblestorian. Dabblestorian went from being English to Australian, and then he played inappropriate video and said many hateful things. I still don't understand the mechanism whereby John got struck so immediately. Um, I, I feel like, how does YouTube know when inappropriate video is being played? I don't know. I don't know how, like... Were the people who did it, were they getting ready to flag him too? And then was YouTube just that quick to respond? I've never understood how that worked. Um, let's see. There was uh, there was that. There was the ongoing strike gate stuff. That happened this year uh, where the folks at uh, the Shuley Network taught John a valuable lesson about stream sniping. But then, you know, we're never serious about striking his channel. Um, he apparently has started threatening to do that himself. He supposedly got something copyrighted ready to go in case they start stream sniping him. But of course, I don't, I don't think they stream snipe him now because since he's not good at protecting his own channel, uh, you never know what's going to happen if you do stream snipe him. I don't understand why people stream snipe for that reason, because something could happen bad, you know, that, that you don't know. Um, let's see, I'll get rid of that. Bill, you said that was your headlines. Don't you mean those were your headlines? I did. Uh, well, that was your headlines. Is that was the segment that was your headlines? I think. But yes, that is that is stuttering John level commentary. Uh, Vito Bandito says YouTube has an algorithm full of inappropriate images and sounds that it can detect. Interesting. Looney Tunes Critic also says YouTube has a database of stuff that's copyrighted, and as soon as it shows up in an uploaded video or a live stream, you get flagged or shut down instantly, only after can you dispute or contradict. Okay, that makes sense. I could follow that. Uh, all right. Um, let's see. Uh, there was, of course, the imitation Jamaican vacation, which happened as a result of that strike. Um, John pretended to go to Jamaica, did a very bad job of pretending to go to Jamaica. The single reason you know he never actually traveled anywhere is because anytime John flies anywhere, he complains on Twitter. He's always complaining to the airlines. There's always people around him when he's traveling that make him angry. We know he flew very recently because those complaints were part of his Twitter stream. He was complaining at one point about a guy, I don't know, playing music or his laptop too loud. So John cranked up his media to teach that guy a lesson. Um, it's really unsavory to think that you could be trapped next to this guy on a flight. Just, I, you know, an airplane where everyone that one dude is talking to, they start 
like pouring gasoline on themselves and lighting themselves on fire. As a kid, I didn't understand that. I understand now that they were killing themselves to get away from the conversation. So I can only assume that that must be the experience that is sitting next to John on a plane. Um, so yeah, he took, he took the fake, uh, Jamaican vacation and never complained once about the transit. So we know it wasn't real. Let me just get rid of that. Not sure what that's about. At any rate, uh, John's dating woes popped up in 2023 as well. I've been told at various times by people that he has entertained professionals. I don't know how they knew that or if they were speculating. Um, John is certainly an unappealing figure, but there was the woman in Las Vegas that he supposedly went and visited and spent time with and then very unwisely posted a picture of, including her children. Um, it's very obvious that John is trying to find a relationship, but not doing well, not having much success. And I mean, look at him. Just the horrific depictions of his hemorrhoids alone would be enough to scare most people off. So I don't know uh, where that leaves him in terms of trying to find love, but it's probably doomed to failure. Uh, it's probably not going to be successful no matter what. So I feel bad for him, but uh, let's hope, let's hope that maybe John himself, they say that there's someone for everyone. Maybe by some circumstance, John will actually find someone. He might be a happier person. He'd probably just spend a lot of time ruining it by being way too open about the relationship. It would take a very specific type of person to enter into a relationship with John and be happy with him, I think. So, uh, let's see. Also this year, John's show devolved into sort of a Perry Caravello live kind of imitation. Um, you know, people calling him, people sending him things he doesn't want, people harassing him. None of that is good. Um, he tried to, he threatened us with quitting, but the threatening, threatening us with quitting is more of a, an overall theme now where John believes he can extort us and, you know, threaten us with, with taking his ball and going home. Would that end the Dabbleverse? No. Uh, would it change it? Certainly. But I think John is the one who needs this most. And he has started, uh, he started taking great offense at the thought of, Shuli has started saying, if we leave, you're in trouble. You need us. And John very histrionically made a big production of being angry about that. Uh, and, you know, he, he finds it just laughable. I don't need them. They need me. But uh, let me just get rid of that. I think that John really wants to believe that he's the center of this universe and doesn't seem to understand that it's his critics who keep him relevant. It's his critics who keep funneling attention to his door. Um, it, and so I think it, it is more likely that he needs them. Think about it. Without his critics, without all the stuff that happened to him this year, most of which was inflicted on him, would we be talking about him at all? Would his political show exist? I don't think so. Um, well, I mean, it would exist, but no one would care. It When he started the political show, he was getting much bigger guests than he is now, but no one cared. So I think in the final analysis around the Devilverse, I think what we can say is that John had a terrible 2023, 
and it doesn't look like his 2024 is going to be any better. Um, that's unfortunate. So I feel a little thoughtful about that. This is the last regular broadcast of 2023. Um, will there be broadcasts in 2024? Honestly, I haven't decided. Not sure where we're going to go. We'll see. Uh, you, every day I wake up and I think about where this channel is going and what to do with it. And uh, I, I, I have to admit to feeling a certain amount of thoughtfulness about it. And uh, I don't know, the, the end of the year is always reason to reflect. So we uh, double check this. We're all caught up on Super Chats. Uh, what was this? He was apparently sniping point, dabble point. His ignorance was blatant. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, apparently there were some impersonators in the chat that happens. Basically, if you ever think you see me super chatting somewhere, it's probably not me. That's a thing that happens. Um, Jill, oh, Jay Wolfenstein came in with, with a $20 donation. Uh, I love when he threatens to leave forever. I've left the dabble verse for longer periods of time, just having uh, stuff to do. Oh, uh, yeah, that's uh, that's very true, Jay. I, I think um, every time John threatens to leave forever, we know he's not going to. We know it's not forever. We know he'll be back. Let me, uh, let me step into the, uh, with the a little bit of time we have left, let me step into the Impala. I should get the creaking door. Uh, and uh, Akumugan says, I'm late. Well, it's good that you're here. Uh, let me just scroll back up through the chat, see what else I've missed. Uh, frankly says, it's a symbiotic relationship, stuttering John and dabblers. It is, very much so. A Looney Tunes critic says, critics are untrustworthy. Trust me. Uh, John should have taken his balls and gone home before he had kids, says Redbird. Well, yeah, but I mean, there's no unringing that bell. And, you know, his kids, I'm sure, are happy to exist rather than not. So I feel like the windshield is just a little... I look like one of those people that looks through the gap between the top of the steering wheel and the top of the dashboard. Uh, G-Rob says, I used to torture myself watching Stuttering John live. I was afraid I'd miss something outrageous. He said, I quickly realized different. Many shows, especially Uncle Rico, will show all of his outrageousness. Yes, they will they will uh, definitely mine whatever is worth hearing from those shows. You, you're not going to miss any Stuttering John if you just follow Rico. Um, Sheena Jackson says, is that the chair, Phil? Yes, it's the chair. It's the chair. It's always the chair. Car looks tiny like Mr. Bean's car. Well, it is in the office. How else am I supposed to fit it in the office? It's like, um, have you ever been in a car dealership and they, they'll have those little lawnmower engine powered like Shriner type cars that look like little race cars or whatever. Dustin Paisley says, great show, so, Phil. Nimrob says, the road so far. Redbird says, that car looks lonely without Zen. Um, <laughs> I don't think there's any need for anyone to be in front of the car. SG Fanboy says, bounce around, Phil. Oh, now we're driving over bumps. And the chair is, is making noise. 
And if Pogue says, does that steering wheel have any wood grain? No, not as far as I know. If I if I could buy a replica car, like like if I was a rich person with money to burn on stuff like this, I would want a '67 Impala, you know, the supernatural Impala. And but more than that, I would want one of the interceptors from Mad Max. Uh, you can buy those. There was a company that was making them with or without the big auxiliary gas tanks, but I think they were like a hundred thousand uh, dollars. Nimrob says, "Are you more of a Sam or a Dean?" Oh, definitely Dean. Um, Sam Dean is the star of that show. Sam is a supporting character. Dean is the reason the show is interesting. Um, Lunatins critic says, "Bring one of your cats into frame and recreate." Tunces, the cat who could drive a car, just not very well. Uh, Muted Growl says, is this similar to Chad's hype train? No, I'm just sitting in the car. Basically, I talked about what I wanted to talk about, and now I'm just rounding out the hour. Um, basically, going going to the chat to round out the hour, because that's what you do when you run out of stuff. I, I'm not going to lie. I'm kind of out of steam. Uh, I've got a cold, and it's been a long week. Uh, no one is in the trunk. There is no trunk of this car. Gina Bobina says, what's with the car? I just I just like it. I just think it's fun. I, I've been playing with different overlays. You know, we have the we have the Terminator overlay. It's this one. And then we have the um the supernatural impala. And those are the two overlays. And uh and that's it. I wonder, am I missing anything here? Nope, nope. Alex says, thank you, Phil. I'm glad I found your channel this year. Well, I'm glad you did too. <laughs> Artie Lang, you want to cut out early? Yeah, I'm I'm flagging. I'm not going to lie. Uh, are there parts of someone in the backseat? No, there are not. How would you? How would John react to being severed from the Dabbleverse? I don't think it would be good for him. I think he needs the attention. But no, let me take that back. Maybe it would be good for him. Maybe it would uh, it would help him to get back on track. Because I feel like the attention, while he wants it, is also bad for him. It's negative. So, G. Rob says, I dig your show. I understand why you don't show clips, but I'd enjoy them, especially if they work with your commentary. Well, yeah, it, it's basically I avoid any copyright issues by simply not having any copyright material. I also think so many shows do clips that it's better to not do them. Like it sets my show apart, I think. Um, so, and yeah, it's one less thing to have to do too, which, you know, is a minor consideration. I do a lot of show prep, but. Um, Kenneth mentions that Replayables is up in 10 minutes. Always fun. Frankly says, imagine if all the Dabbleverse never. I feel like you hit enter before you meant to on that. Imagine if all the Dabbleverse never found John. Never, I mean, that would that would mean none of this happens. Well, that's an interesting concept, though. What if uh what if the Dabbleverse was never created? Uh, what if nobody ever found John and made fun of him? He didn't react. You know, what if uh, what if John was left to his own devices with his terrible political show? Would he just be toiling away in obscurity? Would he have given up on it? Would he have moved on to something else? I mean, the guy's got to make money. 
So I don't know. Uh, Uncle Rico is on at uh, on at ten. Do you mean ten Eastern? That would make sense because it would be after the first hour of replayables. Uh, let's see what else is here. Joey says, "Thank you, Chrissy Mayer." Yeah, very much so. My guess would be like an angry brat. Think of how and why he's struck out at those struck out at those around him. Yeah, probably. Um, 10 Eastern says Vito. Okay, great. I didn't know they were doing another show tonight. They're definitely squeezing in a lot of extra shows to round out the year. Um, trying to, trying to get in that last, uh, 2023 content while it's still there. Are you going to be sorry to see 2023 go? I feel like ever since 2020, every time the year has switched over, it's been like good riddance year that has passed. Uh, I don't, um, I don't understand who pines for the past year. I mean, it's not like the year was horrible, but we've all been through a lot starting in 2020 and with every year since. And uh, I don't know if anybody regrets the passing of the year. I, I think the new year always brings with it the promise of something better. You know, if it's a fresh start, it's clean slate, even though it's kind of arbitrary. And do we get that? I don't know. I mean, 2024 is probably going to be just as weird as 2023 was only more so and more unpredictable sg fanboy says new year's is a stupid holiday uh, i don't mind getting the time off uh aku wugen says if you report on 2023 can it be considered retro i feel like it's got to be uh a little a little later <laughs> sheena jackson says phil you're all caught up why not get some rest seriously not being a smart ass you know you're right i probably should uh, this this episode will be a little shorter than usual. I do like to stick to the to the time slot, but yeah, uh, I have a cold and I should probably just go get some rest. All right, everybody, I'm going to call it there. This has been Surviving the News. I have been Phil Elmore. Thank you so much for all your support in 2023. Uh, I will most likely see you in 2024 unless I'm feeling like doing something over the weekend. Um, until next time and until next year, do your best to survive the news.